This is Wanda Ellett. The following is a podcast of Your Career is Calling. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and to listen live to Your Career is Calling Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on Ryder University's 1077 The Bronx, online at 1077thebronc.com, or via our free Android and iPhone apps. Search and download WRRC1. That's W like Wanda, R like RR like Robert, C like Charlie, the number one. I hope you enjoy this week's edition of Your Career is Calling. Good morning. You are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Marnie Public House Studio. And Your Career is Calling is the first radio show of its kind, helping both students and seasoned professionals to manage their careers as a business. The CEO of May Inc. Behind the Glass today producing our show is Ryder University's intern, Anthony Colasano. Yay, Anthony. And today I'm very excited. This this is an organization and a lovely lady that really, it it touches my heart, the work that she does. Um, Maureen Jacobac, did I say it correctly? That's correct. Yay! <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> spell like that, but her name is Doreen Jackman, and she is the CEO and founder of Marty's Place. And thank you very much. We've been trying to schedule this for some time, and I'm very excited and honored to have you uh, share time with me today. Um, well, I'm pleased to be here, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's really such... I'm going to tell you a little bit about Doreen. Uh, Doreen is the founder and executive director of Marty's Place, it's a senior dog sanctuary, a 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is to provide a safe, loving environment for dogs seven and older that are in need of a new home. Dogs come to Marty's Place for a variety of reasons, including owner passing, transition to nursing care or assisted living, relocation, financial hardship, and neglect. In addition to providing a safe environment for the animals, her goals are to help ease the circumstances or transitions faced by the animals' families and provide a humane and and outreach. Prior to her sanctuary endeavor and involvement with animal welfare organizations, she had over 25 years of experience in the information systems technology sectors. She held several executive level positions in sales and management. Her responsibilities included managing and growing sales and operations teams, establishing strategic relationships, and growing a client base that had a global presence. Doreen has, had, um, has been a member of the Armed Forces Communications and Electronics Association for over 35 years. Past positions held within the AFCEA include the International Executive Committee, Board of Directors, AFCEA Educational Foundation Board of Directors, Diversity Committee, and President of the Northern Virginia Chapter. Doreen is a board member of the Navasink River Rowing, a nonprofit organization. She has helped guide the organization's strategic planning effort and volunteer services initiatives. NRR offers master's adult programs, as well as a strong youth program, which draws participants from across the country. And if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, previously what we've done, I've been doing the show for about six years, and how we started out was doing interviewing, networking, the traditional um, career management and business management type, type of topics. Last year, what we started to do was have people come on and talk about 52 career lessons. And this year is overcoming obstacles. And um, Doreen is going to come on and share our, her biggest obstacle with us. But first, I would like her to share a little bit more about Marty's Place and about her. And thank you very much for taking this time. I'm very excited. And, and like I said, this, this holds a special place in my heart because I can't even imagine. I've had my dog Pete 
for 14 and a half years. He's 16 and a half. And I can't even imagine having, you know, him being displaced. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, our idea for Marty's Place was really born out of having a dog named Marty. And he was only with us for a short period of time, just under a year. He was rescued from a shelter after being there for about six months. And it was through his experience and thinking about the plight of older dogs and what may happen to them once they um, are relinquished and end up in a shelter environment that we decided we wanted to do our part to help a few dogs. Um, our dogs, as you mentioned, come to us for, for a variety of reasons, uh, whether that's an owner passing, transition to nursing care, assisted living, financial hardship, relocation. And they come directly from owners as well as through shelters and rescues. And our focus is uh, primarily, our priority is the dog. And we want to ensure that the dog is loved and knows that they are in a safe environment. And, um, and you know, sometimes you say, as you had mentioned, um, you know, it's hard to imagine having to give up a dog, and you, know, you never know what curveballs life throws your way. Yeah. And we have uh, talked and met with several people that you know dealt with unimaginable circumstances, never thought they'd be in the position that they're in. And where we can, we want to be able to help those dogs and give the owners peace of mind that those those dogs will be in a safe environment and will be loved and well cared for. And I had to tell you, it touched me. Like, even in preparing for today and, and some of our past conversations, like, I always smile. It makes my heart smile to think that your organization, um, you, you know, you, you in, in one of our conversations, you were talking how each of the dogs, they have their own personality. So it's like this nursing home for dogs. And each of them takes on different jobs. <laughs> so I think that's so, so, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. And it really is. I mean, dogs, dogs that come to us, we, we don't want them coming to us just to exist. We really want them to thrive while they're here. And we deliberately call ourselves a sanctuary. We do, you know, we do believe that the ideal environment for a dog is in a real home. Short of that, our objective is to make this as much of a home-like environment as we, as we can in a community living setting. Uh, think about it. These are dogs coming from all different uh, backgrounds, and we're bringing them together um, and creating a new happy family for them. For them. Uh, some transition pretty well and quickly, Others take a little longer to transition. But as you mentioned, each dog has their unique personality. <laughs> and it usually takes a few days to a couple weeks. And we start to see that personality really start to blossom. And it's a great thing. Um, you know, utopia would be that every dog gets along with every other dog. <laughs> That's you know, not reality. Yeah, no. <laughs> And so we do have different spaces where we group dogs appropriately. But um, uh, it, it is funny to see 
We have um, our biggest dog is Buddy at uh, over 100 pounds, and uh-huh. our smallest dog is, uh, I think, Rocky at about 7 pounds. And they peacefully coexist, and they feed off of each other at times. That's cute. So do you have a staff of volunteers, and, and like, how does your organization – well, I guess if you want to talk, too, about how did your organization – you know, really come to be like, so you started, it was one thing to have this, you know, you had a senior dog that you would adopted. And, and then how did you make the decision to do this? So that's a big undertaking. Did we know when we decided we wanted to make this commitment and undertake this endeavor, that it would be quite the process that it became. Um, If there's one word I like to use when I talk about uh, this is it's it's truly been a journey. Uh, it's been a very rewarding journey, but at times it was also very challenging. And you know, part of that. So when we decided we wanted to do this, you know, the first step was finding property, and uh, it took us a while to do that. Uh, then we did have to go through an approval process, and the township was very supportive of us but nonetheless that was a lengthy process to go through and then you go through the actual build and construction phase Um, and so from the time we started with the idea to the time we became operational that in itself was over four years probably wow half years wow um, so there were certainly points through that process that you know people would ask me are you sure you want to do this and I, re- I remained focused on the goal and you just remember remember Marty's face or remember that other senior dog's face or that situation that you just heard about and you say now we're doing this for the dogs wow. and it took us a while but uh, we finally got there and we became operational in uh, 2015. Wow. So what mm-hmm. would you say is, has been your biggest obstacle? Um, well, you know, during that first phase, it, it was just going through, getting through that process and understanding everything that is entailed. So, so certainly doing the research and understanding, okay, what is it you want to do versus what you don't want to do. Um, but the process uh, in terms of getting all of the, the approvals, um, just when you thought that you might have been through everything, there was something else that needed to be done. So, so getting through all that was certainly a challenge, but we remained strident in just working through you know, whatever next item was on the list and whatever the next approval was. Um, You know, on an ongoing basis, um, uh, one of our challenges is we wish that we could help even more dogs. Um, You know, as you go about your daily routine, uh, it doesn't necessarily register with you the number of, of dogs, well, the number of dogs in general that are in need, and then the number of senior dogs specifically, and the different situations that owners and the dogs are going through. Um, 
and you know we're limited by capacity um, and limited by resources and so when we get the level of requests that we do you know we want to help as many as we can but we know that we can't overwhelm ourselves because again we want the dogs to be able to thrive here so we want to give them the best uh, care possible now are you looking to expand or or did, are you looking to more thinking you may develop other partnerships of other organizations that also may have the same type of mission like what's the future look like with that um, well, so we have a very small adoption program right now, and we'd like to increase our number of adoptions so that um, you know, we can take in more dogs, help more dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do rely on a combination of staff and volunteers to care for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, with, the, with our operation, uh, we, we have an extended day. We, we have about a uh, 13, 13 and a half, 14 hour day. Wow. And so to be able to provide a consistent level of care, we do have a small core staff, but that is supplemented by uh, a tremendous set of volunteers. We have very dedicated volunteers, some that have been with us since the beginning that, um, you know, anything we need, they are right here uh, available to help with the dogs. Um, so to be able to take in more dogs also is directly correlated to uh, the, the resources, the people resources. But then there's also the financial resources. Um, um, our, one of our bigger expenses is veterinary care. And um, I would imagine, especially because so senior dogs, yeah, the, the basic wellness. But when there are other medical needs that arise, we're also addressing those. And that I can imagine is just because it's a senior dog. So, you know, there's a number of health issues that can arise between kidneys and actually there are spines and legs and organs that are, are starting to fail. When, um, is, it, is it more difficult to, to uh, well, actually, I'm getting the cue that we have to take a little break. But um, when we come back from the break, maybe I, I would like to talk about, um, it, is it difficult to find, more difficult to find people to adopt some of the senior dogs? So um, I, we have to go to a break, but maybe we'll talk about that on the way back. Um, okay. So you are listening to Your Career is Calling, and this is Wanda Ellett with the lovely and amazing, you're one of my idols, Doreen Jackaback, <laughs> and she's with uh, Marty's Place. She's the CEO and founder. We are live in the Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And she is sharing her insight and wisdom in starting the senior sanctuary for dogs, for senior dogs, and um, some of the obstacles that she faced in, in making that a reality. And we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett live in the Clarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. Today I am here with, like I said, one of my idols. I, I, to me, I'm, she's, you know, I'm very, very excited to speak with Doreen Jackback. And she's with, uh, she's the CEO and founder of Marty's Place. Uh, it's a senior dog sanctuary, and um, she has been sharing some great insight into her obstacle of actually making 
Marty's place a reality and staying vigilant and true to that. Um, and uh, we talked about in the first part of the show, we st started to speak of the background and how um, the organization was named after a dog that you had rescued um, and you had him for about a year and his name was Marty. And you also shared that it took you four years. Like once you made this decision to do it, um, it took you about four years once with all the permits and with everything that you needed to do to do this right. Um, it took about four years to make this happen and you were able to open the doors in 2015. So uh, looking back, do you regret, like, is there anything you would have done differently? Is there, and I also want to talk about like, you know, about the adoption process too, but is there anything you would have done differently in, in, in those years, in these last years? Um, I, I don't know that there's really much that I would have done differently. Um, you know, one of the old sayings, you know what you know, you know what you don't know, and then you don't know what you don't know. Um, mm. So I, I think there was certainly some stuff in that last category that, you know, I went through. So there was certainly that learning process. Um but in terms of undertaking this journey and starting the sanctuary, um, I'm certainly glad that we did it. And I, I know that for the staff and volunteers and myself, you know, when we help the dog and we see the dog blossom and um, for every dog that we take in, we feel very good about what we've been able to do for that dog as well as for the caregiver. Yeah. So that's, that's very gratifying and rewarding. Because at first I have to say, like, and it wasn't until after I spoke to you that I didn't even consider some of the other reasons somebody would just walk away. Because usually, you know, because of social media, they'll usually highlight the bad reasons why people would walk away or somebody that was like abusive or, you know, somebody just leaving a dog behind um, and mostly because they were either sick or old. And, and just hearing that would break my heart. But just hearing about the other, I never even considered, you know, somebody dying and, you know, the, the, the importance of having it identified who would take your pet after, you know, God forbid you pass away. Um, I, I, I think that that's something that everybody should be thinking about. Um, where, where does your pet go? Uh, whatever it is, if it's a cat, dog, uh, anything else, um, uh, who, who is out there um, to be able to make those plans ahead of time so that um, there is an easy transition and that you're not faced with a panic and urgent situation in the end or, or those that are um, left to um, 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 work through those issues, um, you know, don't, don't make decisions that you would not want to see happen. Yeah, because I just think about, you know, Actually, Pete, my dog Pete has a girlfriend, Nia, and she's she's a trained search and rescue uh, canine, and her handler passed away. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just even thinking about that situation, like it made me think more about your sanctuary. Um, she's a young girl, and she was trained in search and rescue, 
and um, the son of the handler, uh, he didn't really want the dog or know how to handle the dog. So the dog went into a foster care situation and um, was adopted successfully by somebody that, um, you know, loves and cares for her. And, um, you know, it's, it's a nice match. But not all dogs are lucky like that. It could be a situation like even that first part where the son took the dog and there really wasn't a good connection there. There wasn't an environment where she, you know, she became, she, she didn't become aggressive, but she was scratching at the door and she just wasn't happy in that situation okay. with the son. So I would imagine those kinds of things are, are some of the things that you deal with when, when the pet comes in. There could be grief because the death of the owner. Sure, particularly if, you know, the dog has been in the home for, you know, all of its life. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, um, you know, dogs are creatures of habit and they like structure and their whole world has been um, upended and their person is no longer there. And so that's why we see, you know, the dogs do need some transition time when they come in here. But I, you know, everyone here to a person wraps themselves around a dog as if they've been their own dog uh, for a long time. And, you know, as the dog knows and recognizes that they are safe and they are going to be cared for, then you could see them settling in. And that just must bring a lot, of, like you were saying, like all of you, for you, your staff, like everybody volunteers, you, it's interesting to see like how the animals bond with certain people and how they interact with certain people. And it's like humans, you know, some people you're going to get along with, some people you're just not. Some people you're going to sure. connect with, some people you're just not. And, sure. you know, for this dog. And to me, I'm surprised too, to learn that a senior dog is considered anything after seven years old, you know? Uh, you know, I don't know that there's a hard and fast definition on that, but that is what we chose to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess traditionally that's the age when you start to see the geriatric changes uh, mm-hmm. in a dog. But, you know, veterinary medicine has become so sophisticated now. Uh, dogs are living longer, but also it seems like dogs are being diagnosed with more conditions than you ever heard of in the past. I know for me, growing up, we had a family dog, and he was a wonderful beagle or a mixed, mixed beagle. Mm-hmm. And um, he lived to, he was 12, and he died. Right. And other than basic wellness care, um, he didn't have any other health conditions. So you don't know if it was because it wasn't diagnosed or if he just had the luck of the genetic draw. But today you're dealing with, I mean, we have two diabetic dogs. Um, yeah, I never have, heard of a dog uh, having diabetes growing up. And they're insulin dependent, so they get injections twice a day. Uh, we have dogs on thyroid medication. Really? So, yep. Yeah, you know, most conditions that humans have, you can see in dogs, and the the most challenging one is cancer. Yeah. Uh, statistics are one in four dogs that will get some form of cancer, and it's not just one form. No. Um, yeah. Personally, we had a dog that passed away from bone cancer, but we've had a few residents here that uh, um, have had cancer diagnoses as well, 
and it's uh, it's been different types. So um, so there's a balance, and you know, in terms of ongoing challenges, you know, there is a balance in terms of quality of life and what we can do within our means on making sure that they are as comfortable uh, as they can be for as long as they can be. And once they have, like, the cancer, how long do you usually have see them? It, you know, it really it varies based on the type. You know, we, we've actually had a couple of situations where a tumor has been localized and we've been able to uh, surgically have it excised successfully and the dog was fine but but in if you have a situation where it's systemic through the body and it requires chemo that's a much tougher decision and you know right now um, we're not in a position to do something like chemo wow and then it's just making the dog comfortable and yeah. And that kind of thing. Yeah, and- but we, we talked before about uh, adopting a senior. And, you know, in my opinion, uh, there's nothing more rewarding than adopting an older dog. You know, you, you pretty much know what you're getting mm-hmm. with, uh, with an older dog. Uh, yes, it comes with some baggage or history, um, but you're pretty much going to know what that is. Uh, you're certainly through that puppy stage and that certainly (laughs) is a lot of work (laughs) and And activity um, and you know insanity and chewed up shoes and you know yep absolutely couches and beds I, i i know a lot of my friends that they've had younger dogs and it's just like they've had to replace couches like folk on couches and mm-hmm. I can't even tell you, count, like one of my friends, she's gone through the dog, like, she can't, she doesn't even buy the dog a bed anymore. Because the dog, like, mm. just chews up the beds. <laughs> it's just like, you know, right. and she's tried all different kinds. And it's just, but as a senior dog, you know, like, I would, I, I don't know if that, if you find that. And especially because you've been getting a lot of great publicity. And I see about Marty Sanctuary and different stories and, you know, and it just warms my heart. You know, have you been finding that you're getting increased adoptions with that? So I, I was going to say, um, you know, in terms of adopting an older dog, it is important to understand um, what what it is you're willing to take on. You know, just like people, as we're getting older and as we age, um, unfortunately, you know, we have stuff that starts happening to us, whether it's more aches and pains and arthritis or other health conditions that we now start facing. So the same thing is happening with dogs. And so sometimes you can find uh, a, a dog, a senior that happens to be nine years old and is in great health and makes a wonderful pet. But for instance, we have a dog here, a little Minpin. She, she and another Minpin came in as a bonded pair one is uh, on thyroid medication, the other one is uh, diabetic, and they're only eight and a half. Wow. And they, they are bundles of energy. So, so I don't think it's necessarily valid that senior dog equates to a dog that's going to sleep all day long. 
uh, we, we do have, I'd like to describe that we have from active adults to nursing care here. And so we have some dogs that are high energy that can go on long endurance walks and others that sleep most of the day. So it really is a range. And so for adopting a dog, it's important just to just understand um, what is it that you'll be comfortable with, right. you know, in taking on. Yeah, because I know, like, even special, with Pete, you know. It's a special person that takes on uh, adopting a senior dog and gives them the love that they deserve uh, in their final chapter. Yeah, because I just know with Pete at, like, 16 and a half, like, granted, his breed only lives to 12 normally. And, you know, it's just it, crazy to think, you know, because him at 9, 10, 11, 12, and even up until last year, you know, very high energy. So I can imagine, and I guess that's not the norm. But we're getting the cue from Anthony. we got to take another little break. You're listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett with the lovely, amazing, and wonderful Doreen Jackback, and she's the CEO and founder of Marty's Place uh, Senior Sanctuary, a, a sanctuary for senior dogs. And uh, we are live in the Killarney Public House Studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And she has been wonderful to share some of the obstacles that she faced as she uh, went to open the doors of Marty's Place. And we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. This is Wanda Ellett live in the Killarney Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. Today I am here with the amazing and wonderful Doreen Jackback, and she is the founder and CEO of Marty's Place, a sanctuary for senior dogs. And she's been sharing some great insight into her conversation, into her business of, um, you know, overcoming the obstacle of opening the doors for her organization. So, um, in the first part of the show, we really went through a lot of like some of the obstacles you faced. And in the last segment, we talked about some of the elements of, um, you know, what people could be expected to take on. And, um, baby, you want to talk about some of the ways people can help, um, you know, we, we talked about like how, what they could take on if they were adopting a senior dog and maybe are there other ways that people can support your type of organization or provide help, um, to your organization, you know, even though they don't want to make the commitment of adopting a senior dog. Sure. Well, first we're always looking for volunteers. Um, I mentioned earlier that we have an extended staff day and, the way we've structured our day, we've broken that out into two-hour segments, and we have volunteers sign up for those segments. And uh, we we do rely on their help to care for the dogs through the course of the day. In addition to helping in the sanctuary, we also have volunteers that help us with our fundraising and outreach activities. We rely heavily on donations to support us operationally. And so we're always looking for additional assistance uh, in that area. Um, so, so again, we're always looking for volunteers. So, and then, like, are there other opportunities to volunteer? Like, when they would be volunteering, what would they be doing? So it depends on the time of day that they're coming. Um, we have, if, I like to say if you're the type of person that, likes to be busy from the time you walk into the building to the time you leave. You'll come first thing in the morning. 
or come right, um, later in the afternoon um, around the 2 to 4 time frame. Uh, first thing in the morning, we're just starting our day, feeding, cleaning, um, walking, and then same thing in that afternoon slot. Um, we're getting them walked again and prepped for dinner and then serving the meals. If your preference is to come and hang with the dogs, uh, we would steer you towards uh, more of the middle of the day when it's not as crazy with our routine. But having said that, I mean, within our sanctuary, we have dogs in different places and different community spaces. And one of our main areas uh, is the family room. And we rely on volunteers to really supervise the activity in that room because at any point in time we can have maybe eight, ten dogs in the room. And, you know, just like siblings, uh, sometimes <laughs> siblings can get into their little skirmishes. Or, you know, they're older dogs. Somebody might have an accident or give you the signal, I'm ready to go out the door so I can do my business. So having volunteers in there to help with that is certainly extremely helpful for us because then we're in other parts of the sanctuary tending to other dogs. Wow. And and are there opportunities maybe even in social media or that kind of thing or even like like intermittently sure, for we, fundraising or that kind of thing too? We, we could use help. You know, a facility like ours, there's always something that needs to be done. We have a couple of volunteers that are very handy, and they, when they come in the sanctuary, they actually, if they see me, they go in the other direction because they know that I'm going to say, hey, can you help me with this? <laughs> <laughs> and this? This needs to be repaired or whatever. And um, so, so certainly we always need help with that. Um, volunteers have helped with our website, with our social media across the board uh, with clerical help um, there's always something that needs to be done and donations like what kinds of is a donation like if somebody I know some uh, organizations they they take donations of like blankets and old towels and things like that like are those things sure. we, we do that and we um, also have a wish list on our website which is uh, martysplace.org and uh, we have a list of items that we use pretty much on a daily basis and you know, also things like gift cards. So we very much appreciate gift cards to like Amazon and PetSmart and so on. Oh, okay. That makes sense too because then you can use them to purchase different things that you may need and it could go from anywhere from medication for the animals uh, to, you know, for the dogs or even food or Whatever. Mm, Just, exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. So I didn't even think about it like that. That's fascinating. I'm getting a cue from Anthony. we got to take another little break. Uh, you are listening to Your Career is Calling. This is Wanda Ellett with the amazing and wonderful, and just she's just very inspiring, Doreen Jackback, and she is the CEO and founder of Marty's Place. We are live in the Clarny Public House studio at Ryder University's radio station, 1077 The Bronx, and online at 1077thebronc.com. And she has been sharing some great insight into how she um, overcame the obstacles to open the doors for her organization, Marty's Place. And we'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. 
Doreen, it's the end of the show. This was such a fast show. And, and you know, I, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as I, I did just even speaking with you. Every time I speak with you, I just feel honored and um, in awe of you. Uh, do you have any last bits of wisdom for somebody, if somebody's out there listening and they're thinking that they may want to, you know, either get involved or do an organization similar to yours? Like, Well, so... I, I guess um, a couple of thoughts, um, and perhaps this first one relates back to uh, challenges. But there's another word that I like to remind myself of, and that's the word balance. Um, this is undertaking this probably something that didn't really, you know, fully sink in. You know, when we first undertook this is. You know, this is very different than having a retail business yeah. um, or a restaurant. Uh, you know, if, if you want to close and go on vacation, um, you can do so. You may not make any money for the time that your store or your restaurant or establishment is closed, but you can do that. Uh, these are live beings here, and they need to be tended to every day, and issues crop up on a daily basis, and you need to be in a position to respond to them. And so it can become um, all immersing and all consuming. And at times this can become very emotional. So you have to remind yourself about that balance in terms of understanding what your needs are personally to make sure that you're okay personally um, and balance that with the needs of the organization and, again, how much we can do for the dogs that we serve. Wow. Yeah, no, any time with animals. We had animals, a lot of animals growing up, and it was one thing, too. You can never go away. You can never because you always have to consider them, you know, and you always have to consider who's going to take care of them. And if anybody's going right. to take care of them as well mm -hmm. as you are, you know, yeah. and do everything that you want. So um, how can people get in touch with you and, you know, to find out more and, and everything? Um, an easy, one easy way is um, I'll email is uh, info, I-N-F-O, at martysplace.org, and that's all one word. We are on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook, and we also do have an Instagram account. Wow. And, and um, there's on the list, there's a list on the website about the wish list and different ways to donate. And um, is there a donation uh, on uh, Instagram as well? There, there is a donate button on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Uh, but they can follow you on Instagram and learn about the different senior citizens you have in your sanctuary. And, and even on Facebook, I would imagine you have more about all your different activities and everything. And even some of the fundraisers that are upcoming and things like that. Yes. And actually we have a big fundraiser um, here at the sanctuary on October uh, 19th. Oh, wow. And, and um, uh, during that time we will be doing sanctuary tours. Um, it's, uh, it's plan we're planning a very fun afternoon with a variety of activities to include a rough mudder canine obstacle challenge, <laughs> rides, um, K2 
canine police dog demonstration, a canine costume contest, oh my God. which is extremely competitive. <laughs> and so we, uh, we uh, welcome everybody to come out and spend the afternoon with us on the 19th. Wow, that sounds exciting. It sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, I, I, I look forward to seeing pictures and things like that. <laughs> well, we will certainly put them on Facebook. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. I want to thank you again uh, for taking the time with me to, to meet with me and share about your organization. I've really been looking forward to this interview and, and to spend the time with you. And I appreciate all the time you've given me, you know, so far, even in preparation of this. And, and I truly appreciate it. And, uh, well, I, it's been a pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity, and thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it really touched my heart, and it touches my heart. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people will respond, uh, you know, from this show and listening to the show uh, will get involved or send uh, donations your way or uh, be touched as much as I've been because I, I just think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And... Um, for both the animals, for the dogs, and for, like you said, for the caregivers um, going through that tough situation and helping making that transition an easier time. Because, I, I like I said, I could not even imagine at any time of the, like that I've had my, my, my boy Pete, like, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have sacrificed everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, to be right. with him. And it's just like I can't even imagine what some people must have gone through. So, right. um Continued blessings your way, and thank you again. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. So in closing, uh, hold on, i got to open up my, uh, I'm having some technical difficulties. Uh, in closing, to learn how you can gain more information on how to manage your career, take a tour of the on-demand library on 1077thebronc.com, where we have over six years' worth of shows on every aspect of job transition and career management. You can listen to us anywhere as you can download the 1077 the Bronx free iPhone or Android apps from the App Store. You simply search WRRC1 or WRRC2. We would love to hear from you during the week. You can check out and like our Facebook pages, Your Career is Calling, G45 Consulting. Um, you can, and I also have a new one, uh, wandaellett.com, which is a media page. Uh, you can also check out my website, g45consulting.com, where you can learn more about the Secret Mentor Society and the Secret Mentor Society Bootcamp. If you're having challenges with your job search, it's a 10-day intensive course that has uh, driven results for our alumni. There are seats available for the November class. So if you'd like to join me, I really would love to uh, have you join us. And you can connect to me on LinkedIn or send me an email at wanda at g45consulting.com. Uh, my new book is out, Lucky Switch, and you can find that, uh, Wanda Ellett. Uh, if you search Wanda Ellett, Lucky Switch on Amazon, you can, uh, the ebook is currently available. We would like to thank our producer, Anthony Calasano, for another fantastic job, and the Bronx General Manager, John Moses. Special thanks to our underwriters, G45 Consulting, Harwell Express Press, and Ryder University's Office of Career Development and Success for making this hour possible. We could not do this hour without their support. And lastly, we appreciate you, our listeners. We know how difficult it is to manage your career, and we thank you for listening in. And remember, own your career and keep networking alive. I'm going to be here next week with another fantastic guest. Thank you, and have a great week.